You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome everybody to a brand new episode of this podcast. By the way, if you don't know, and you will know because we talk about it later in the episode, we actually have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and support us financially. If you don't want to support us financially, uh, but you do enjoy the show, maybe tell your friends if they're geeks and nerds and like pop culture and stuff that you know about this little show. It's the best. It's called 90s. John isn't here. What do we talk about, Scott? Surprisingly, without John, we talk about hockey. Yes. Then we go on to discuss Spider-Man Far From Home. We talk about sad things you can do when you're by yourself. We discuss the movie <laughs> Dazed and Confused and United Passions. It's not sad to play board games alone by yourself. money for your 22 year old top scorer yeah. is fine yeah well the thing and you know what scoring wingers yeah they need good centers to play but if you're edmonton and you have two great centers you're fucking desperate for a scoring winger yeah well, th- you, s- you sign them you need them <laughs> and you spend a lot of money like the the, the thing the other thing was uh was mackindu talking about uh all of the um like all of the various contracts and someone dissecting it. And he's like, no one is saying that Tavares contract is bad. And he's like, but if you take a look, you have John Tavares and Mitch Marner for around equal money. But you're like, but you probably have Mitch Marner for, it's going to be better over that time period. Those next six years. But yeah, exactly. That's it. You're like, you're like, Tavares will have a drop off. Whereas Marner will still be like peak for the entirety of his contract. So like, no one thinks the Tavares contract is bad because he signed it as a UFA, not as an RFA. Anyway, John's not here, so we're talking about hockey. <laughs> and also, we're going to talk so much about hockey. Scott. Are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's two, two things that I, that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Scott and I both listened. One of the things that got us kicking off, kicked off on talking about this was uh, we t- Puck Soup is back. Finally. Uh, finally, which is a podcast that both Scott and I uh, enjoy. It's been uh, a cruel, cruel summer. Cruel summer. Uh, but now I'm going to say uh, that Patreon is a wonderful thing. We have one, too. But anyway, so the guys from Puck Soup uh, do a Patreon. Um, and on that Patreon, they do a mailbag episode, I think, almost once a week. And then they do an episode. Once a week? I Damn. think they do a mailbag once a week. Like, it's crazy. Like I think, they're, I think they put out five episodes a month of extra content where it's like they do i think four mailbags then they do uh a, like a their choice conversation and then they do a uh, a listener's choice conversation i think something like that something like that with the format anyway so there's a bunch yeah. of podcasts i subscribed over the summer uh to a support a podcast uh, that i really enjoy if you're listening to 90s and you really enjoy this podcast i think you could do something similar but anyway but what i want to talk about is they did uh an Seamless. episode you like that they did an episode that i wanted to talk about where they did uh if we had a time machine and could go back in time to fix hockey things all right uh i'm not gonna run over run through all of them like a bunch of them were um like changing the rules to never have the dead puck era like you know like like put in the uh the most recent lockout rules but like throw them into like the 95 lockout so we don't have 
10 years of the most the devils winning all the time <laughs> with the devils winning all the time and then and on top wait, of wait wait you're basically just trying to make Patrick Waugh the greatest goaltender of all time uh, potentially it's funny too when they were just sort of like oh wait a second so they're like Greg are you giving up your Stanley Cups he's like no I'm not because he's like I don't think they could do a rules change with a shortened season so I think the devils still win in 95 <laughs> and he's like and then I also think that they win in uh, what do you call it? The Niedermeyer, like the the, the stacked year. 2001? 2001. Two? He's like, I think they still could have won in 2001. He's like, absolutely, they would not win in 2001. Oh, that was the Niedermeyer-Stevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's like, he's like, I think, he's like I think they could have, he's like, I think they would have won in 95 because they would have had that one season <laughs> under the old rules because there's no way they put a rule change on a 45-game season. And he's like, then he's like, I think they would still win in 2001. He's like, they would definitely not win in 2003. He's like, I'm giving up one of the Devil's Stanley Cups to make this change. Uh, but then, yeah, a couple of but them... But then if you take away the headshot rule, you're basically losing Scott Stevens forever. Mm. So, yeah. And suspended, suspended, suspended. Yeah. 35 games. So some of, them, they, some of them, they do a good job of, like, digging into, uh, digging into like, sort of, like, the weird alternate realities, whatever. Sean, obviously, because he, ha- he says it so often, is, I, uh, I don't like that, that Matt Duchesne offside call. <laughs> 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 and he's like, or he's like, alternatively, he's like, Either I tell them that he is offside, or if I can't somehow get to the ice because I like cause they, they they kept also because Greg is a monstrous dork like kept wondering yeah. about like the mechanics of the time travel, so like what <laughs> could they do? And they were like, could you get to the ice to stop it? And he's like, okay, if I can't get to the ice and stop it, he's like, I can go to the NHL and have them explain the call because he's like, what everybody overlooks on that is that the lineman did blow the call. But what the linesman thought he saw was um, the Predators player knocking it onside. Right. That was the linesman. He's like, at which point that's a – Matt Duchesne isn't five feet offside to the linesman. It he's was picking a, up a puck that the defender He's picking up the puck that the defender – Yeah, coughed up zone. and put backwards, which would have been fine. Yep. So it's not a, uh, I can't believe they missed the offside. It's a no. He didn't call the offside because – He didn't he, think it. He didn't see an offside. offside. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. He's like, which is a way better blown call. <laughs> you know, like, it's still a crappy call. It's a blown call that you can't, you don't have to adjust all the rules for. Yeah, exactly. You could be like, yeah, no, I didn't miss the offside. I just thought that a predator played it. Like, he's like, if they had given us that explanation, we would have been like, okay. Uh, but then, yeah, the two of them that I w- wanted to talk about since John isn't here and we're talking about hockey was mm-hmm. um, Ryan's first one was he was just sort of like, um, assuming that they have like advanced technology or whatever, I will take that advanced technology because they have time travel. Right. And, and I'm sad they didn't bring it up <laughs> because I was like, in my mind, especially when they started geeking out about the time travel, I was like, okay, so use the time machine to travel forward in time to get the technology to then bring it back in time to fix this one thing, which is uh, cancer and a bad back on Mario Lemieux so that they can mint the greatest hockey player of all time because of health, like they run through some of the numbers, like if Mario was healthy. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, it's absurd. They're like, it's not even a conversation anymore. You know, you're like, no, it's still a conversation. Come eh, on. He would Come have on. like, he would have, he would have shattered some of Gretzky's records, like shattered, like, <clears throat> and I mean, and the reason that Gretzky is the great one is because he played in that league and didn't get hurt all the time, you know, like, but you know what? Like, 
durability is a factor. Right, but if Toughness you go back and you have nanotechnology and Lemire is as tough, it almost stops being a debate. I, like, I know, I, I like, know that in the no, in the, no in one goes back and looks back at boxers and say, man, if he didn't get punched in the head all the time, he would have been the greatest. Sure, but and like, it's weird that they do that for hockey players. Like, man, he sure had a terrible back and he would have been great. Like, the Yeah, cancer, but he had though. a terrible back. <laughs> but the cancer was like another one. Like, and again, cancer sucks. Like, yeah, I'm not it has nothing to do with your that. playing career. Although, anyway, and then on top of that, too, if you want to go even crazier, <laughs> that, and also I'm sad they didn't combine this, but my brain did combine it. So, But if you've combined two of their time zone thing, uh, time travel things, which is eliminating the dead puck era, and you have healthy met Mario Lemire through those 10 years, like 95 to like 2003, that yep. was like, then he's even more out of control. <laughs> like. <laughs> Because then you'd have like. I mean, then you kind of are taking away New Jersey's '95 and 2001. Potentially, cups. yeah, exactly, possibly. Because who knows? Mario would just keep they, winning them. New Jersey doesn't make it out of their division. Probably not. But then, because that's still divisional playoff. It's not one to eight. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Because they haven't rechanged the playoffs. Yeah. Although they might have. They're not making the it out of the Patrick. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of them, which I thought was super interesting. Um, the other thing that I liked about the uh, the the Lemieux th- or the thing that the Lemieux. Th- that they talked about it that Sean said he's like not to say that I like I'm happy that he had like what he went through and then he, he retired and then he missed three years like that's the other thing too when they talk about like the comeback after three years you're like you have guys who missed like a year or whatever or some of the guys came back post lockout rusty and whatever like Lemire coming back three years after leaving for cancer yeah and then having a multi-point night apparently so after his comeback it was on his only on his seventh game did he not have multiple points in a night. So he played like six games in a row with yeah, multiple points. Yeah. But anyway, so Sean was talking about, he's like, probably he's like, the thing though about all that Lemire drama, and he's like, the coolest thing on the planet was his number coming down from the rafters. They're like, this number isn't retired anymore because he's playing right now. <laughs> and you're like, he's like, he's like, no, he's like, I don't think, I can't think of a single like sports thing that was like that cool. And then like and not like a sad like he's back and then it was garbage. You're like, no, he's back. Puts up four points that night. You know, you're like, oh my God. I mean, like Jordan coming back. His number is still retired, so he has to wear four or five. They, well then exactly. So they, and, they, and then they missed the photo up. You know what I mean? Like like it's he comes back to the same team and then like they unretire his number because he's back. I'm like, that's super cool. Like that's like movie shit. And then he comes yeah. back amazing. <laughs> you know, like I mean, that. Jordan also came back amazing and won a world championship. Yeah, but they made him wear 4-5? That's stupid. It's after 2-3. Yeah, but it's still stupid. <laughs> what comes after 2-3? I get it. 4-5. It's great. It's very clever. I think it's stupid. <laughs> I think that if you're the guy whose name is on the retired number, you can be like, give me my number back. Yeah, but maybe he didn't give himself permission. Maybe. He was like, that's my number. I refuse to let anyone else wear it. <laughs> uh. Maybe. That's very strange, Michael Jordan. So he's a weird dude. But I mean, but also he also disappeared to go play baseball. Not like he beat cancer and then came back. Even he even made fun of the baseball thing in Space Jam. Yeah. Even Bugs Bunny thought that was weird. Yeah, because he was like, "Hey, I'm six six. Well, yeah, and I mean, Bugs Bunny was like, "We're like, <laughs> we want you to play basketball. I'm a baseball player now. Yeah, but we need to save the world from aliens playing basketball. If we need to save the world." from aliens playing baseball wouldn't be you MJ would not, not be not a lot not, not even close <laughs> exactly like maybe Bo like if we're gonna go multi-sport player <laughs> like maybe 
Playing baseball, probably. Yeah. 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 If you, I mean, if you had to go, if you had to pick a multi-sport player for some reason, I mean, because Bo was probably good pick both. Bo and then probably Deion Sanders after that. Yeah. Before getting to getting to, to Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> hmm. Again, he was six six. His strike zone was astronomically high. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, and then the other one of the other time travel ones that I thought was really good the, um, was uh, Sean was like, I would go back to a, a single moment he's like you guys are talking about like changing the cbas changing the contracts changing health and all that stuff and he's like uh yeah he puts the puts the date on it but he's like line clearing brawl between the detroit red wings and the colorado avalanche uh, the claude lemire no 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 no, no, no. Draper. no 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 and he's like so he's like so patrick Waugh has at this point in time fought two Red Wings goalies. Yep. He fought Osgood. Vernon and he fought Osgood. Yeah. And he's like, Vernon handed it to him. And he's like, Osgood. Osgood was a little guy. Yeah. And Osgood got just like trounced. And he's like, and Dominic Hasek, like, he's never fought Hasek. Hasek has <laughs> never fought <laughs> like anybody. Dominic Hasek comes like skating down the rink and then like loses his balance trips and slides into the thing and the linesmen's break it up so he's like so Patrick Watt never gets the rubber match yep. he sets 1-1 one, one versus uh, Wings goalies versus Wings goalies and he's like and we never get to see like arguably the two greatest goalies of all time get into a real <laughs> fight because you know Patrick is really fighting yeah <laughs> you know like you know that that's that's going down and then you're sort of like so we never got to see Dominic Hasek fight and subsequently we also never got to see the rubber match and then it's they're true. all then they're all like what would Dominic Hasek fight even look like and <laughs> karate <laughs> no that 12 year old kid in high school who thinks he knows karate because he watched a lot of movies <laughs> right he might, he might be garbage Ryan said the same thing that I said which I was like imagine capoeira <laughs> does like a weird little like handspring and spins his legs and you're like ah why is that and then they also argue they're like yeah they're like it's easy to say that Bois would 100% just demolish Hasek but then Sean brings out and he's like yeah but he's like I remember he's like in the proto internet finding out that uh, Ron Hextall had a fight with Felix Potvin. My friends being like, we need to find this. Hextall must murder him, like whatever. And he was like, I remember, he's like, I remember when it happened. I was like, he's going to die. Felix is going to die. We need a new goalie and whatever. And he's like, but then Potvin gets like scrappy as hell in this fight and like holds his own against Hextall. So he's like, maybe Dominic Hasek would have gone like toe to toe. And he's like, it's the greatest goalie fight that never happened. And he's like, I would just somehow. It could have been one of those like Ty Domi, Bob Probert fights where just a hundred punches fly in 10 seconds. Sure. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So you never have, like I said, and you never have the, the, the avalanche red wings, like the, like I said, the, the rubber match for the trio. Yeah. yeah, The the trio and like a rivalry, like in that era was like a, a an actual rivalry, you know? Uh, If you're looking on YouTube, SB nation has a great, thing on the Red Wings avalanche rivalry and why it's so much crazier than you think <laughs> yep <laughs> yes anyway so those those are those are like time travel sports things that uh so yeah so if I could do one you would, would do one it would it would have to be Mario Tremblay like his tenure as coach I would just have to end that did you, did you just stop the trade you just fire Tremblay right then and there like you you just I would just give Damaris the rest of the season and let him make the playoffs with his team and see what happens. 
and not ever give Trombley the. But if the, you the did, reins. but if you did, but I'm saying we had to go into a single moment. I don't know. I think just that, that Jacques Demers meeting where they they call him in and they're like, "Hey, you know, rough start to the season. You know, it's a year and a half after that Stanley Cup that, that you won." <laughs> yeah, and just just have him like double down on himself mm-hmm. instead of being like, "I oh, thank you for the opportunity." Like, yeah. no, just have him be like, "No." You're going to finish the season with me. Or worst case, you just, I would, stopping the trade isn't bad either. Like, I'm not playing here again. Well, we're going to fire Mario Tremblay. Patrick was like, okay, I'll see you Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but don't, e- don't even put Patrick in that thing. He liked Demaris and. No, 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 but I'm just saying, but, like, yeah. but you, if, if you fire Tremblay instead of trading Patrick Watt, do more Stanley Cups come to Montreal? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> but none of them go to Colorado. <laughs> Definitely none of them go to Colorado. <laughs> but. <laughs> Like, but Montreal could be better. I don't know. The like stopping trades, I think, is 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 an easy one. Obviously, as like someone who's well, I mean, yeah. If you, you want to really, really mess with hockey, then the trade is the one you you stop and see what happens after that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. Like they. Uh, what was it? Ugh, there was a weird. They have they have a weird one where. Oh yeah, Ryan has like a weird uh, one where he's like, if you blow up, if Vancouver blows up the team. After the Schneider trade, yeah, they were like, they're like, it changes so much because you're like, they should not have ridden those guys out, like <laughs> you know, like like with like the settings and was it Bieksa and like whatever. You're like, no, yeah. if you had like Willie you unload Luong- and- Luongo and then you unload everybody and then you just sit on a mountain of picks, yeah, they're like, what do you do at that point? And then they started talking about like blowing up teams at the right time and stuff, and they're like, and they're like, and this is almost a lesson to GMs, which is it's always the right time to blow up your team if you're looking at a roster and they're all 30 something and you have no prospects blow up the team everybody like keep the band together you're like no blow up the team it's always will be better they ran through all of them they're like boston got lucky to bounce back for not doing it like chicago's in this in the same la boat right now la's in it like vancouver had it they're like you always blow up the team they're like it keeping the band together never works they're like arguably the only example of it like working is that like Marshawn Bergeron didn't flame out? <laughs> like, it's and, like, and Chara was able to be a contributor deep into his thirties and forties, yeah, early forties. Yeah, exactly. That's it. But I mean, but they still like stumbled heavily, and then got. But then lucky. again, then again, you, you say that, but the Ottawa Senators were in <laughs> the conference finals a couple years ago, and they blew up their team. But they, but they got, like, blew it to ashes. But they got nothing back. Like that's the, <laughs> they blew the their team to ashes. The important caveat is you need to get the return from when you're like trading the settings or whatever. He was like, yeah, and he was like, if you want to like boil it down, because they traded Hoffman and Stone and Carlson, and that team is now still a dumpster fire. Yeah. Well, that was it. They uh, and I think Ryan Ryan said he's like, I trade the settings at the draft, and I was like, yeah. I was like, you would get so much. If you trade the set-ins at the like you'd get the first overall pick probably or yeah. like we're gonna trade the set-in twins before they're before they're crap at the draft we're gonna trade both set-ins for the number one overall pick and then I forget who it was that year like but someone good you know like could you could almost could you have traded the set-ins for like McDavid it wasn't McDavid's year but I'm like maybe no. possibly no. no that's the one player you couldn't have any other draft yeah but not 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 McDavid probably could have traded him for Matthews. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like that's it. You probably could have, like, Big David, probably not. You're right. Toronto totally would have jumped on that. They love their, their, their big Swedes and the twins. They love twins. But yeah, so if you had to, uh, 
I don't know. What would it, if I were like? I mean, their draft draft better than Andre Kostitsin. Hey, there's a guy named Patrice Bergeron who's still available. Abs, maybe draft him instead of Andre Kostitsin. I would no, l- <laughs> no. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was my f- my fun. They also did an entire uh, Ryan and Greg do like an hour podcast just talking about Endgame, <laughs> <laughs> which is fun. Like it, it certainly shows up on the on the show often enough. Sure. That they're that they're into comics, or whatever. And Greg loves it so much, dude. <laughs> he's Endgame. Like, he's like, how many times did you cry, Ryan? Ryan's like, none at all. <laughs> and Greg is like, I cried six times. I wrote them down. <laughs> I was like at Endgame. At Endgame, he was like, "Man, like, there was a sad moment in Infinity War. Uh, Spider-Man grabs a hold of, of Iron Man right at the snap, and I was like, oh, that that was not nice. That I was mean, sad.' I, the Iron Man, Iron Man beef in it is uh is like a touch moment, and with, with Tom Holland and whatever. Sure, but not not even. Apparently, and I think Greg Greg was at like the the I'm Iron Man line choked him up. Like the I'm inevitable, I'm Iron Man. He was like, <gasps> and, nope. and even and Ryan makes fun of him, and I believe rightly so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I, I'm saying this that like as the suck right for this, I'm I'm the sappy yeah, yeah, yeah. movie fan, and that there was nothing in Endgame that was even close no, to that. No, not really. That's didn't didn't happen at all. Yep. Anyway, so yeah, that was fun. I figured we could talk about it. Wouldn't be too much of a waste of time either, because I was like, even if you do listen to Puck Soup, you probably don't listen to the Patreon episodes. <laughs> so yeah, good, uh, good times, and it's a fun podcast. I recommend the, the Puck Soup to just about every everybody who's like into hockey, but not into the like hockey podcasts are hard to come by. Like they're either super broy, or, or they're very like, interviewee, or very interviewee, or they're just complaining. And these guys complain a lot, but it's like I can't listen to. M- m- like Montreal morning sports because they're just complaining about everything the coach does and every like, eh, just get out of yeah. here. It bugs me. Um, but anyway, so they did the end game episode, which famously or infamously when Avengers end game came out, yep. um, the Spider-Man far from home trailer played before it in some theaters and the Spider-Man far from home trailer spoiled the ending or spoiled that Tony Stark dies. Yeah. And then, so then they had to repackage it to have Tom Holland show up in the front of the movie and be like, there is a Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. It's after the movie, though, so that we don't spoil anything. But anyway, you saw Spider-Man Far From Home. I saw Spider-Man Far Say From Home. Way. Yeah, I know. It was <laughs> seamless. Uh-huh. Uh, how was it? I really liked it. I I know nothing about this movie. You can spoil it, but I like I literally know nothing. I mean, I know that Mysterio is there, and I know that it touches on the multiverse, I guess element like or at least mysterio maybe lies about the multiverse <laughs> like that's, that's the other thing too is i was like i find it was it's a it's a weird thing when they when they do these comic movies because like the the trailer fully presents like mysterio he needs our help and then you see like a bunch of like aliens and stuff like attach attacking europe and stuff but you're yeah. like you read the comics you're like okay but that's just mysterio right like the trailer presents it like you need to help mysterio but i was like how many people do you think go into that movie being like, oh, Jake Gyllenhaal is Mysterio and he needs Spider-Man's help? Or, like, does everybody know that Mysterio? Like, you no, know what I- no. <laughs> Everyone thinks Jake Gyllenhaal is playing a new hero. You think? I, th- I think I there's a good... I don't think everybody. Like, there's, like, a 25%, maybe a quarter of the people going into that movie like he's, are like, I, I, oh, Mysterio, that guy from the old cartoon who... But not just the old cartoon. He showed up. He was a member of the Sinister Six even in the 90s one. Like, the one that played on YTV. I feel yeah, like... the 90s one. 
30 years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's I the f- old Spider-Man cartoon, Keith. But I feel that at least... <laughs> yeah, like 67. Like, uh, I feel that at least a good chunk of people, and like I said, maybe 25%, you might be correct with yeah. that amount, like, had at least had the thought of like, wasn't he a bad guy though? Like, at least in their head. Right, but then like, he presents himself as uh, coming from another earth mm-hmm. and saying like, I was a hero on, on my earth. These elemental things destroyed my planet. Yeah. And I followed them here to try and save yours. Mm-hmm. And, uh... It's a Mysterio plot, yeah. right? <laughs> like, And, Mysterio. like, Spider-Man is, uh, with a group of his classmates, mm-hmm. all of... All of his friends in school were victims of the snap. So they're all back after five years mm-hmm. of being in limbo. Which is a little strange. I mean... It ties All things of in friends. a nice bow. Him and MJ and Flash and Ned and Betty Brandt. I mean, it's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I, those things, I'm like, I'm fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's and just... they don't they don't dwell on it too, too much. They, they're like, this is weird. Hey, look at that kid. He's my little brother, and now he's older than me. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that, yeah. that, that <laughs> world is strange. I guess it's. I mean, it's just like it's a hard reset. Like basically, right? You're like, yeah. it's. It's lucky that the core group all happened to be snapped. Like, which again, and and Aunt May, like everyone, Aunt May didn't need to be. Yeah, well, she was. Just give her like an extra like wrinkle, like underneath, and be like, oh. Peter. I feel like losing Peter for five years would have really wrecked her as a character, though. I guess, but then he came back. Hmm. Oh. Um, Could you snap back, Uncle Ben? No. <laughs> we discussed this. You can't. Uh, So Peter goes on his uh, school vacation to Uh Europe, and Nick Fury keeps trying to rope him in to help battle these elementals that are destroying the planet. Right. And he doesn't want to really do it because he's a 16-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. He's also had like a little rough go of it, too. Like the last time he tried to be a hero, his mentor died, and he ended up in space, and and he died. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of just like. I'm okay stopping bank robbers and stuff, but this end of the planet, save the world. Stick to the friendly neighborhood. Yeah. Like. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's funny at the right moments. It's light. It's everything you liked about Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, but like lighter, fluffier. Okay. Um, the villain is a villain and he's dangerous and he needs to be stopped, but he's not so menacing as Vulture, Vulture was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're just like, oh, man, he's really bad and like... Yeah. Kind of kind of cringy. I don't feel so good about this villain. Please stop him. Mm-hmm. And, um, Mysterio as a bad guy is like very superhero-y and it's nice and it's appropriate. Yeah, he's not super grim dark or whatever he's, he's not super grim he dark has, well i mean which is also mysterio like mysterio like is like a like does heists yeah he's got a, he's <laughs> got know, a like... great origin mm-hmm. um his motivations are are very logical which is so important in these movies like i watched I, we talked a bit about dark phoenix last yeah. podcast where the villains don't make sense and are never explained and you just don't care yeah. mysterio's motivations and origins are clear they make sense in the world that was created, and and you can understand them even if you don't agree with them. Well, I mean that, that I like like 
he got a lot darker, but that's why I liked Vulture for like the same reason. Yeah, yeah. A like, good, he got a, Vulture got a, was a great villain. Got a raw deal and was like, "Yo, I'm gonna use this tech and I'm gonna like put my family through college." Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like and yeah, like bears the brunt like a little like anti-establishment like whatever because uh, Shield screwed me out of all this money. Yeah, or no, it totally Stark. makes sense industries whatever whichever one yeah 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 exactly that's it like i was like yes i understand why you are a villain carry on as yeah. opposed to just like laughs maniacally <laughs> exactly like, i'm evil incarnate no one cares mm-hmm. like if you watch justice league god damn that villain is stupid i'm the god of war and i'm here to de- destroy the, the world ah, like, to be fair care. though that was the villain in the first guardians movie and the first guardians movie is great like Ronan the Destroyer is just the Destroyer. Like he has no other real motivation. Well, no, he's trying to get the Infinity Gem. Like that's it. Yeah, but but I mean, but why? Like, is he going to be immune to the snap? Who knows? Mm. <laughs> Was that? Oh yeah, that was the other thing too. Uh, in more Endgame talk, Ryan points out he's like that <laughs> that scene where he's like where the the women like rally around uh, Captain Marvel. Yep. And he's like, I like the scene. I like what it represents. But he's like, put your movie in the correct order. He's like, she just flew through a spaceship like five seconds ago. Hey, I'm the Wasp. I need my help getting across the goal line. No, I don't. I'm Captain Marvel. I don't. I do yeah. not need this. <laughs> like they're like, even if it was just like they're like, knock her down or whatever. Have them rally around her. Have her do the charge. Then fly up, kill the spaceship or something. Like just flip it around. They were like, you just. Sh- showed her like blast through an entire spaceship and then a bunch of like mid to low tier like heroes are like yeah like t'challa's sisters and stuff like that they're like they're just really good at combat they captain marvel should be like ladies (laughs) i don't thanks thumbs up i appreciate what you're trying to do girl power i agree but i don't need this right now they're like like, it's like that scene in justice league where superman really needs robin's help Wait, no, that doesn't happen because oh. Superman never really needs Robin's right. help. Unless it's to put the kryptonite in a little lead box and then go away so Superman can finish his day. Yeah, exactly. Or I mean, like, or they could have done it without Captain Marvel and maybe had Captain Marvel like swoop down and save them. They could have had him like, rally around like one of the other, like Black Widow or something. But they're like just the girls rallying around Captain Marvel to like help her out. You're like, what is happening? In a kicky fight. Yeah, exactly. You're like, she doesn't, she doesn't need your help, guys. So she's, she's fine. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so far, far from, from home, home, I highly recommend it. So, and it's it a, had it's a, it had a little bit of that um, into the Spider Verse feel to it. Like the tone was cool. very like that, just fun and interesting. And and so, how does it? It's the first post end game, right? Like yeah. it's the first actually. It's it's like the end cap to phase one. Right. So, how do, like, do they do? Do they introduce anything? New? Does it does it seem to be building to phase two or three or whatever? No, not at all. It's just it's like how it's to just handle. like see, the world is okay now. We can go back to having adventures. Anyhow, here's Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to rank it? Yeah. Better or worse than Homecoming? I guess is the obvious, uh, the obvious comparison point. Hmm. Thoughts? I mean. <sighs> Slightly, it's it's not going to go above Homecoming. It's not going to go above Homecoming. No. Okay. Just because Michael Keaton's performance was excellent 
in Homecoming. Oh man, it's it's that little Homecoming is in that little cluster of uh, of superhero movies. Uh, so then below like, Homecoming, we're not going far from, from Song it, of the Sea, Stand by Me, In Bruges, Black Panther. It's better than Black Panther. Is it better than In Bruges? Probably. Is it better than Stand by Me? Probably not. No, that's no. that's exactly where it's going to go. In yeah. between In Bruges and uh, it's still high ranked. That's like a number ranks at number thirty-five. We apologize to our listeners if somehow our listeners have been keeping better list uh, history than we have. John was like, "I'm going to bring the list up to the cottage and update it," and then he messaged me today, being like, "He's like, I literally like sat down, opened up my bag, and did not have the pieces of papers that I had neatly stacked <laughs> up." So yeah, he took some time off with his lady and had apparently like time set aside to update the list up from the cottage this weekend, and did not. I was like, "Damn it." John, uh, in another high-ranking movie, I, I I went well. So two things, but yeah, go watch uh, Far From Home, especially right. since it might be the last Spider-Man movie. Aren't they trying the to fix that? They're trying to fix it, but Marvel Disney Corps was acting like a giant dick to Sony Pictures, kind of forcing them to pull it back. Well, but I mean, like a little A and a little B. I kind of understand Marvel Disney Corps' role in it. Like, Sony was making a lot of money for a movie that they put all the work into. You know? Like, eh. Yeah, but when you own the property, you, you own, own well, the you property. Own the pro- like, you do own the property. But, I mean, just but Marvel the- turning around to, say, you get X amount and then saying, next time we, we were just going to give you a fraction of that. And take oh, it. yeah. I just I just think that there's, like... There's. It was a very bully move. I don't necessarily say bully. I think that it goes both ways, and I think that maybe it's like a first offer and like a counter offer, and maybe they can settle it. Because you know what I mean. Like I think like Sony uh, made like ninety something percent or whatever of still Homecoming. You know, like they made most of the money versus, but it was all MCU staffers and writers, and they got the like they get to have Iron Man. I'm not saying Spider Man needs it. Because like if even you look at the Andrew Garfield ones, they were hot trash and they still were box office yeah, smashes. Yeah, those first five movies made a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. None, none of none of them lost money whatsoever. Like they all made a pile of pile of cash. So I'm like, I'm not saying Spider Man necessarily needs it, but like, does it become a billion dollar thing? You know, like or not? Like I can kind of get. I mean, I kind of feel like Civil War benefited a lot from Spider Man, and so did Infinity War sure. and Endgame. Like, yeah, Marvel got their. Marvel got theirs, but I'm just saying, but like, like but, that's the thing, but I can understand that at least the, the play for like, we would like a little bit more because we just developed, like everybody hated the Andrew Garfield ones. And now Tom Holland's Spider-Man is like a beloved dude, but also because Sony gets to have the, he was in Avengers and whatever. So now Far From Home is bigger. You know what I mean? Like, like oh yeah, no, no, for sure. Like, like a, I saw Venom and Venom was like a fun, trashy trashy movie yeah exactly that's it. i don't trust sony to make another great but spider-man movie but i can understand why marvel maybe wanted more money they're i think they're they're like we want this much is way way too much but i'm like i can understand they're like we want more than like the five percent or whatever that that first <laughs> agreement had sure but marvel disney got all of the m- merchandising licensing money all of it every single cent of it every lunchbox and 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 poster and that still doesn't add up to like a billion dollars like it does at the box office. Every, like. every video game tie-in, like oh, everything. Sony still gets the video games and stuff. Sony still anything uh, video like yeah. related. Sony, like know, all every... the, all of the the like the, the the Spider-Man game that everybody loved is still Sony. I guess. Like, oh, 
Everything so, at Walmart and Target and yeah. I don't know. I that's don't. a lot. That's not nothing money. That's oh, it's a not lot nothing of money. for sure. But I'm just saying. But like, it's still like a a pretty big, pretty big knock on the box office. So who knows? Lawyers will figure it out, and hopefully Tom Holland's not done. I hope, and I hope Spider Man stays in the MCU. Obviously, because if they're gonna do it, it'd be weird if he's the only one who's not there. I really hope they use him to uh, launch the X franchises by having an amazing friends movie. Well, that would make so, me so happy. And I know, so this is the argument, right? Is that, uh, especially like post spider verse, which is supposedly like Spider-Man, like Sony still owns like miles Morales and, and all that stuff. Sure. And, and I was like, but how though, you know what I mean? I'm like, if it's a different guy, it's a different character and he has different powers. How does your, you know what I mean? He's not just another guy saying I'm Spider-Man. He literally has a different power set than Spider-Man, right? Right. So I'm just saying, how does Marvel not like lawyer up and be like, anyway, so the Spider-Man in the MCU is Miles Morales. Have fun with Peter Parker, oh, Sony. Because Sony didn't just buy Spider-Man. They bought the Spider characters. Yeah. Just like Fox bought the X characters. Yeah. They didn't just buy, you know... The X-Men, they bought Sabretooth and Magneto and Deadpool and Gambit. Yeah, 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 like, exactly. they bought the x That's what I'm saying, but I find it so weird that Marvel can't just, like, creatively write them and then be like, anyway, now here's... Yeah, except Miles Morales premiered and starred in Spider-Man comics for years sure. and years. So, like, that's that's what happens. Yeah. It's like a bummer, when, though. When Marvel was writing comic books and they knew that they had sold off the Spider-Mans to Sony, they should not have introduced new characters in Spider-Man. Well, but I mean, when they were doing that, though, they also didn't have ties to a movie studio at the time. Like, this is, Miles Morales showed up in, like, the 90s? No, the 2000s. He showed up in Ultimate Spider-Man, so. Oh, so, no. Ultimate was early, early 2000s, though. It was still pre-MCU. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know if it was before Iron Man. It was definitely before Iron Man. But even then, like, they should have known. They should have known they were creating characters for Sony when they were yeah, but I don't think they cared. Like, you know what I mean? Because they didn't have like a they didn't have a giant movie deal. Yeah, the first Iron Man movie was two thousand eight, dude. That's like uh, yeah, way yeah, post yeah, Ultimates. So. But still, they they were creating characters that were ultimately going to go to Sony. In yeah, the but when you're like only in a comics house, you don't care where you're, where the movies are going. Like, why sure. would they? They didn't care about the X Men movies either. They're just we're just going to keep writing comics and Fox and Sony and whoever is going to make money off of them, and yeah. we're going to get some residuals from that 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 cash. Uh, so yeah, I was saying John is up at the cottage. I went up to the cottage this weekend, Scott, and two things. One, I will touch on very briefly because we won't get into it all, all together. Go uh, on. Huh? Go on. Um, I think we talked about Spirit Island on the show a little bit, the board game. Yes. Where you play spirits. So anyway, so Spirit Island is also a one-player game. <laughs> That's kind of sad. Is it? It isn't, though. Like, Sarah was like, what? And then I was like, no, you put down one tile, and then you play against the invaders, like Solo. And the entire thing is that the board attacks you in a collaborative way like you don't need to like fake and be like hee hee i'm the bad guy the board if you and i play mm-hmm. the island is twice as big if uh, sarah plays it's then like three times as big as the default like it's each player gets a um a tile that joins into the bigger island if you're four yeah like a side. ping pong table if you're playing by yourself you fold it in half yeah and then if you have I mean, another so person you on a ping pong table you're like you also when would you play four player ping pong on two tables that's not how four player ping pong is played Go on. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so anyway, uh, but the exact same mechanics that attack you uh, are present even if you play on a single tile. Yeah. So it's like you don't need to like pretend 
or whatever. So I was like, I'll just, I'll give it a shot. And it was remarkably fun as to play a one player. It's like playing a video game, essentially, where you're like, as long as you don't cheat, you're only cheating yourself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of neat. Uh, I feel it's a rare thing to have a board game that you can like play by yourself. It's like, what's the difference between that and like solitaire as a card game? Nothing. They're both kind of sad. But if you're up at the cottage by yourself, play some solitaire. Yeah. Or or in prison. Mm-hmm. If you're in prison, play, I was in play prison some solitaire. In the cottage. Then uh, do a bunch of like burpees and get ripped. Yes. Uh, but more importantly than uh, playing Spirit Island uh, was available for download on Netflix because there's no reception up at the cottage. So mm-hmm. you kind of got to like download stuff in advance. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to pop through, grab some movies, grab some TV shows and whatever. Available for download on Netflix was Dazed and Confused. Oh, I love that movie. It's so good. I've It's up there with uh, definitely probably the top, in the top five, probably, definitely in the top ten movies I've seen the most. Like movies that I've watched the most times. Because there was like a, like a set of VHS tapes that I had in high school that I just like, I, I put in to the machine like CDs. Yeah. Right? I just like put it in. And I was like, there's like Clerks, uh, Mallrats. Train Spotting, Empire Records, Dazed and Confused are like probably the five movies that I watched. Just rotation. So, and then when you were away from your television, you had those soundtrack CDs. Yeah, <laughs> in the car on rotation. Often, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I was like, and I and I've watched it several times since high school. Mm-hmm. So yeah, first of all, the first thing about Days of Confused, like, do you? Like, the craziest thing about Days and Confused is that the movie takes place in 1976, and the movie came out in 1993, so 17 years later, yep. is that there is now more time between now and the release of Days, the release of Days and Confused than there was between Days and Confused and the, like, period it was... Days and Confused 2, released in 2019, looking all the way back to 2002. Yeah, you'd be like, what? <laughs> And you remember 2002? And then it's so weird. Like, I read reviews about it where they're like... I got an iPod. Yeah. And they were like, it's so... First of all, the movie barely made its money back in theaters. Because they spent so much money on the music. They did. So, it had a $6.9 million uh, budget. And apparently, one-sixth of it uh, went into the music. And in the most notable music nonsense is that... Sweet emotion. Well, no, but is that Days and Confused is a Led Zeppelin song that is not in the movie because Led Zeppelin wouldn't put their music in films because it was 1993 and I guess they had, you know, they had to hang, hold out to put their music in Shrek. <laughs> right? I was like, <laughs> you know, like they were like, they were still pretty high and mighty in 1993 to be like, we don't put our films in movies or music in movies. And then I just think of like, like, dun, 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 in Shrek now. And yeah. I'm like, I was like, wow, man, a couple of years really changed how you felt about your films. And you're like, oh, we need the cash. But like, Linklater had filmed the opening scene with Sweet Emotion in mind yeah. and then found out how much it would cost and was like, oh, shit. But he was apparently... Fuck it, let's do it. But he was apparently also just like psychotic about the music in general. Like, yeah. So he supposedly made individual... Uh, up, like, the main characters made them all mixtapes. Like, of what their characters would Of what their characters would to. listen to. And that was like the only thing they were allowed to listen to. They were like, this informs... All of your character choices yep. is this mixtape, and I was like, "That's so crazy," and and it ends up like kind of benefiting from like double nostalgia factor because you're like, "Yeah, the '70s are cool," but then it's just like jam packed with like the best Gen X 
actors of the 90s. Yep. Like, and I only found this out uh, researching, talking about the thing. Renee Zellweger is, in fact, even in it as an extra. So, like, Joey Loren Adams is there as Simone, but Renee Zellweger is in the movie because she auditioned for the Parker Posey role, didn't get it, but then they still gave her extra work. So, it's like, what? Why? Everybody's in this movie. It's so good. Like, I literally, I watch the film and. Uh, I'm up at the cottage. I, I watched the whole movie, and then I really I wanted to rewatch that opening scene where it's like where they're where they're cutting back and forth between the cast just to kind of see what yeah. the cast is doing. And I was like, I just wanted to rewatch that. And then I watched like, the movie for another 20 minutes. Like immediately after watching it, I was like, I could have almost just been like, I will watch this again, and then watch it again. It's super good. Other stuff about the movie. Uh, all of the actors made their own paddles. Yes. <laughs> like that wasn't, it wasn't like. With they, the assist- they put them all into shop class and. Yeah, yeah. And, and said- they were like, make some pop. Also, those are both traditions that are showed in the film. Uh, like the, the sizzling like hot dogs and bacon and pouring mustard and ketchup. And the paddling all summer. Actual traditions from Richard Linklater's hometown. He's like, yeah, that happened. It's super messed up. Like, he's like, you just, seniors would just come and paddle you if you were a freshman. I was like, well, that's so weird. <laughs> oh, man. Like, my high school had some weird, rough Texas, traditions. Texas, Texas. Texas, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, like, one year in my high school, we picked teams and decided we were gangs and would jump each other. And just imagine us drafting gangs like a basketball team in gym class. Mm-hmm. We had captains, and we picked teams, and then for an entire semester, we just... We're mortal enemies with these other people <laughs> where groups of us would go hunting for other, our friends in other, in the other gang and like drag them into the bathroom and beat the crap like out of them. So much. Pokemon Go. It's basically that put on your phone. But also like complete nonsense. I mean, as I said, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> you're just fighting with pocket monsters instead of actually beating the shit out of each other. You're like, oh, blue. Get out of here, blue exactly. mystics. But there was no like fundamental separation between us. We were just picked to another side. <laughs> well, that's, that's enough for me, yep. Scott. Um, also, uh, the Wooderson role, which is like McConaughey's debut yep. debut role, uh, which is like so many, so much of that is like ridiculous. That entire thing, like the fact that "all right, all right, all right" is literally the first line Matthew McConaughey says in film history. <laughs> like Oscar award-winning actor Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Which is everything you need to know about McConaughey. Like in his first it's, character. It's not wrong. If you watch, you can go on YouTube and you can watch his the audition tapes of him. Like he doesn't change anything from his auditions. Yeah. Like like he he goes through those lines and it's like just like the film. And he apparently even got cast in the movie like half by mistake. Like he got drunk with the casting director in Austin, Texas as an aspiring actor. And then he, the, the cast director was like, "You should come and draw this movie." And then just like got him a got him an audition, at for for the thing. Like it, he wasn't he didn't even have it until he just like got drunk with this dude. It's a memorable character that's not even important to the movie. It's great. Like, and then, but also becomes more important to the film because uh, the guy that plays Pickford. And when you know this, and you like you know the movie pretty well. Yeah, very when, well. So I've, I've seen it at least twenty times. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, like Pickford is the drug dealer. Yeah. Not Slater, but the the skinny kid who wears no shirts. The yep. one who's gonna have the big party who the party gets shut down. Yeah. Right. So 
it, when you know this information, suddenly the, like the change in the movie makes sense. So, uh, which of the London kids is it? Is it Paul? Which Paul is the wrestler. Paul London is the wrestler. I, I believe it's Jason London, Jason. not Jeremy London. Yeah, I think it's Jason London. Whatever, Floyd. Uh, Pink. Randall Floyd. Yeah, yeah. Randall Pink Floyd. Uh, so the London kid and the kid who played Pickford apparently got into like an actual fist fight on set. So they did some like shuffling recasting and they moved Wooderson into the good friend role for a lot of the uh, the Floyd dialogue. And I was like thinking about it and I was like, yeah, that happens in the movie for sure. Like in the opening, they're like like Pickford and Floyd show up and like give each other high fives or whatever. Then they're all hanging out. And he goes over to Pickford's and smokes or whatever. And then Pickford is never seen or heard from again. Like other than like in passing. And we're like he's not like out until from... until the football field. Pickford's not in that scene, dude. <clears throat> At the end of the nope. It's Slater, uh, Washington. It, no, it's Slater, Wooderson, uh, Floyd, and uh, Don, and then two girls like Pickford is not in that scene I just watched it yesterday like he's he's around like he shows yeah. up at the Emporium he shows up at the party he shows up in the cars like it's not like they like cut him out of the movie but apparently they gave like uh, a bunch of the Wooderson of the, the Pickford scenes over to McConaughey just to like smooth <laughs> things over same thing to do with the Mila Jovovich um, role was supposed yeah. to be a lot bigger and apparently was promised to be a lot bigger but then Linklater was like it just didn't come together I was like okay so she's this cool Stoner, musician chick, who's around. Yep, she gets a lot of credit. Well, she was the the trailers and stuff. She was the biggest. She was the biggest name at filming. Like, like McConaughey hadn't really acted yet. Zellweger hadn't acted. Affleck hadn't. Affleck hadn't acted. Like even uh, Rory Cochran had maybe like one or two movie credits or whatever. Like the London kid, I think, was like on the ups. He was like a seventeen kind of. Seventeen magazine kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. But they were like Mila Jovovich was probably the biggest star at like screening sure. time. And then he's in the movie for like five seconds. Uh the two kiss statues. So there's two A, yeah. a, a were a way bigger plot point in the original script. B, Gene Simmons bought them. <laughs> <laughs> so he has the the original dazed and confused statues as owned by like I was like, that's the best. I was like I'm not a big Kiss fan. Don't really care about Gene Simmons, but I was like, yes, Gene Simmons, you did the correct thing in buying. And, like, it makes no sense that they're in the movie. They're like, whoa! And then they put them in a truck and drive them oh, up to the moon tower. And then that's it. <laughs> but, I mean, that that that's where we were talking a little bit about this. This movie does such a good job of evoking feelings with little to no plot. Yeah, like... The, that the, is... It's unbelievable. Like so, the plot is basically: Does Floyd sign Coach's paper <laughs> or not? Like that is the only through line to the film. And where's the party? And and can the kid get there? Yeah, well, even then, because it, 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 that happens pretty early because Floyd takes him in. Like as soon as Floyd takes in uh, Mitch Kramer, played by what is it? What's he? Wiggins? Wiley Wiggins. Wiley Wiggins. Yeah. As soon as Floyd takes him in, like he's he's going to that party. Like it's it's done. Yeah, but he's also on the run the whole time. No, because they they kick the shit out of him at the after the uh, after baseball the, game after the baseball game, and that's like pretty early. So then he's like, okay, come by, come by over to the Emporium, and he's like, well, is it thing? And he's like, eh, he's like, they usually give like freshmen a couple days off after like a yeah. lick in that bad. So that's him, like, like absolutely, and that is also that's the Richard Linklater character. 
yeah. two, which is uh, Linklater himself was like spe- specifically in 1976 was a freshman. So, which also I find is funny then because that makes all of the main characters of the movie through like another lens of th- it's his view of these dudes as a freshman. The seniors, yeah. You know, like it's his view. Like it's not I was a senior and this is what the crew was like. Linklater was like, I was a freshman and this is what the seniors were like, which is still like another layer, like a lens to look at it. Cause you're like, the seniors aren't that cool, <laughs> you know, right. like, but it, you, they are they drive around in their cars and then knock over mailboxes, <laughs> go to a kegger like, woo. Yeah. But it seems so cool. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is that Linklater also talked about how he's like, I didn't necessarily want it to seem like that good of a time. Like he's like, I wanted it to look like <laughs> pointless. And he's like, and a lot of the dialogue and stuff comes out to, like, all of the all the poker players, like, all yeah. of their conversations are, like, super, uh, like, what are we doing with our lives? And, like, it, you know, is... is Team every- Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, what are we doing with our lives? Is any of this worth it? And all that stuff. But it's still so, like, well put in together like like the Wooderson character you're like he's super cool but he's also super depressing yep right like and then even like like the like how into football the other characters are is super depressed and like we can make state and like that's all they have going the texas you know i mean and that's huge it's like it's really huge and that's why if you did you ever watch uh Every- that turns into varsity blues and that turns into friday night lights well did you ever watch uh everybody gets some no, I didn't, I didn't watch it yet. You really, really, yeah. like, really, really should. But it's, like, but the, the, it's, A, very much a spiritual sequel to Days and Confused, but it's, like, the best ball player who, like, won the state championships and whatever goes on a full scholarship into, uh, like, into college or whatever, yeah. but then realizes that he's, like, they're, like, are you the best player on this team? No. Well, then you're not making it to the big the leagues. Show. Yeah. You know? And they're, like, and he's, like, oh, what? You know? So it's, like, dealing with that. Like shoe dropping, but in baseball, because Linklater was like a bigger baseball player than football player. Yeah. But like, but yeah, then you when you know the football guys are like so into football that you're like, yeah, these none of these guys are. And they even reference that with Wooderson, like when the cops bust him, they're like, oh, like reliving your old glory days. You're like, yeah, he was a star football player. That's 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 what you. That's get. what you get. That's where you guys are heading mostly. You know, like there's it's so good. Like there's so much, like the O'Banion character is super dark. Yep. Like that he flunked potentially to beat up freshmen again, but then everybody hates him. Like such a douchebag. Like it's all the casting is amazing. All the performances are amazing. Like every it's it's such a oddly sincere movie. When on paper you're like, there's no chance that that would be. I mean, and it didn't sincere. make any money. Like I said, six point nine million dollar budget and it made eight million dollars in theaters. Yeah, but it became one of those oh yeah, yeah, like yeah movies yeah. where it was just constantly. Just like um, what do you call it? Nick Swartzen thought Bucky Larson was going to. He was like, it's going to find its own on on DVD, just like Days and Confused. Um, Nick who? Swartzen. Did you block it out. Just no. blanked it out. You had a blackout. <laughs> you found the Eternal Sunshine uh, office, and you're like, oh, you want us to erase one of your exes? No. <laughs> I want you to erase Bucky Larson from my brain. But yeah, Days and Confused, so good. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you're a fool. Yeah, like, and like I was, and like I don't, I don't think there's a part, nothing in that movie that is superfluous or unnecessary or a drag to get through, or even like the, even if there is like stuff that doesn't necessarily go anywhere, that's kind of the point. It's still really good. Like I love, I think my favorite 
one of my favorite like character arcs is the Adam Goldberg character. Yep. Like like just just from from his like a making fun of his friend for having the Abraham Lincoln <laughs> the body of a gorgeous <laughs> woman in the head of Abraham Lincoln. Then like when he has like the realization in the car of being like, I know I wanted to go to law school to like help people, but I was in line at the DMV the other day, or in line at the post office the other day, and I just looked at people and they're just with their shirts and like dirty and their filth, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't like people. I don't want to help them. <laughs> I don't want to do that. And then just like they're like, so what do you want to do? And then he just like shoves like both hands on like the he's in the back seat, so just like the driver in the passenger seat. So like, I want to dance. And then it just stops. Like the scene cuts and it's over. But like you learn about that character and then he's ultimately decides to like throw that punch at Clint because he's like Nicky so. Cat. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he's so pissed off about it. You're like, I love his little his little arc that yeah. exists. Is just like I, his... I love his plan too. I'll throw the first punch. Everyone will jump in. There'll be no fight. Mm-hmm. And he's not like super wrong. Like. They, it's, it's the football players are like, no, we want to watch this go down. So they stop people from breaking yep. it for like probably much longer than he thought. But he just ends up with a black eye. Like yeah. He doesn't get like murderized in it. He just gets quite a bit more the shit kicked out of him than he yep. thought he would. But even then he's like talking about it. He's like, ah, I, wish it was, I wish it was a little more symmetrical. He's like looking at the black eye. <laughs> like, it's so good. Uh, yeah, I don't – when I thought about the list when I was ranking it. I, I don't see how this movie – doesn't make the top 10 like especially like i was like my my first point of reference was hackers and i was like it's got to be much better than hackers so that's already at 19 Mm -hmm. uh looking into the top 10 i i ooh, keith it it, you know it's hard it (laughs) but i'm like our top 10 is it's solid it's full of very very good movies personally I would see it. Either. I mean, I can see it going above Cabin in the Woods. I don't have a problem with that. I really like it Cabin in the Woods. It definitely cracks Cabin in the Woods. I feel like the characters are are superior. I feel that it it jumps uh, Aliens and Back to the Future. Oh, Aliens is no, weird. and there and it's it's like it's very good. <laughs> but I'm Aliens like, but the, has that same thing where it's a cast of characters that you don't. Right, but Aliens, but like, but both I find both Aliens and Back to the Future are ranked very high, but they both benefit from building, like building off of something that already exists. Right. Like, and they're very good. And I don't want to like remove things from it, but like days and confused came out of like nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Like as, as a terms of an original piece, James Cameron comes in there and he crushes it. I love aliens. I, I in fact prefer like, no, I don't. I like alien better than aliens. I was going to say, do I like aliens more? And I was like, no, I don't. I I do. That's that was the big yeah, discussion. Yeah, so if you go like, back Alien, and listen Alien to some is, of our is pure horror. It's so good. Like personally, I see it either like edging like Ghostbusters, possibly edging Jurassic Park. Like that's that's where I see it, and then kind of locking in underneath Back to the Future. It's it can't it can't pass Back to the Future. Yeah, that's it what I'm can't. saying. But I, it's to whether it edges Ghostbusters. I think it does, and I think I to me, and I think it edges Jurassic Park also. Like, it's tight. Like, I'm not... None of these are... Man, this is hard. It's so good, dude. I know. And Like, again, that's what I'm saying. Like, I literally... Like, I don't think... I can't imagine the other... Mo- like, any other movie where, like, 20 years after it, like, I watched it, I've seen this movie a hundred times, and then I almost watched it a second time immediately. Yeah, let's put it right there. Under the Back to the Future, above Jurassic Park. All right. 
like, like I, and like I, said, I think that's honestly where it goes. It's and so if, good. If you the disagree, album? if you have if you have points, uh-huh. like hop on our Facebook page and and comments. It's yep. I want to hear. I want to hear your arguments why we got this right or why we got this wrong. Like we only barely talked about the music. We just mentioned it. The, the album went like double platinum or whatever. Yep. The soundtrack went double platinum. It it made everyone who agreed to put their music on that soundtrack a whole lot of money. Yeah, exactly. And then the other one was like, okay, okay, okay Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's yeah. And the soundtrack is also like out of control. Like literally every every single track is amazing. Oh man, I. Like played the hell out of that CD. Yeah, the uh, like someone uh, the, the, uh, one of the things I was our uh, our um, oh, who's who sings that song? Cherry Bomb, Sweet Emotion. No, well, there's a bunch. When Highway Star. Uh, oh my God! Hang on. There the is it the Bob Dylan version of Hurricane that plays? I can't. When when Wooderson walks in. And like they call him the hurricane. I think it's the Bob Dylan version, I guess, that plays. Uh like and it's like and it's someone was like dissecting the scene and it's like like walks in and like he like comes in and it looks like so cool, but you're like but then you realize the stakes are nothing. This is just <laughs> a cool guy being cool. You're like, like you have all of these and there's so and the soundtrack does that so often. Like they're like like when like Lowrider kicks yeah. It's just so kids can drive around. It's not like when Lowrider kicks in gone in sixty seconds and you're like, let's do the heist. It's just so kids can drive around and get some like burgers. <laughs> like, yeah, like, go to the like there's so many cool like s- like song like needle drops, and it's to nothing to know. Anyway, oh the other the last thing I wanted to say was that in that town in Texas, um, you can go to that top notch the burger place, and there's a bunch of uh, memorabilia that's still there, like including a bunch of the paddles and stuff. <laughs> so like you can go to the top notch that the uh, the poker kids go to. Where when Tony's like, I can't believe I'm meeting at a top notch. So and you see a bunch of and see a bunch of the stuff. So I was like, I guess if you're ever there, it's I think it's it's a suburb of uh, Austin. I think is uh, is where it is. Um, but anyway, we don't like to end the show on a high note. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna bring from this a very down. very good movie, like the first time in a while that a movie's cracked the top ten. Uh, to you finally made it through uh, United Passions. Yeah, Bucky Larson was so bad. I had no intention of uh, picking up another film penalty. Because <laughs> I want to remind everyone, I should not have had to watch Bucky Larson. <laughs> but you took forever to watch United Passions. But I took so, so long to watch United Passions <laughs> that uh, the penalty was devised yep. as a way for me to... Uh, Make recompense. And boy, Bucky Larson was a motivating factor for me to get drown off the, get myself off the list. in United Passions. And... How this movie was a was goddamn travesty. Just a, a, a propaganda piece of unbelievable ambition. And I can't imagine who it was for. I mean, FIFA. other than the people who it was about. Who it was about. Like, right. it was such a masturbatory, self sucking. So- Terrible piece of garbage. Did you do any? Did you do any research <clears throat> on it or whatever? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so you know that the official can selection thing is BS. Yeah. Right. Like they paid so that they could screen their movie on a beach so that they could at be like Cannes. it was at Cannes. 
And that, I showed you a screenshot as I sat down to watch that. That is the first thing that appears on screen. Yeah. It's not like the production company. It's not like, you know, the opening credits directed mm-hmm. by featuring. No, it's official can selection. Yeah. That's the first thing that goes from black, the Palm Door official can selection, and then the production company stuff. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, because they paid for it. Yeah. Garbage. Yeah. It is garbage. It didn't actually screen in a cans theater. The Here's the thing that's outstanding about it. So this is a movie that is the retelling of the formation and 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 global dominance of FIFA as an organization. So yep. it starts right at the start when they're like there's a bunch of international there's a bunch of clubs. international f- federations. Yep. Each country has their own soccer federation and there's no organization to govern it. So mm-hmm. the rules when you go from country to country are different and this group of small countries want to start an organization. And the enemy is the evil English federation who, who want nothing to do with them. They're like, we invented the sport. We're the best at the sport. Mm-hmm. Like the best players that play in your country come from ours. Go away. Yeah. And then the next story starts in the 20s as they start to like so they do like time jumps yeah they do a bunch of time jumps so it starts off in like 1904 mm-hmm. and then it jumps into the 20s where there's a new um president of fifa mm-hmm. and he is significantly better than the previous president of fifa and he okay. comes in and he he challenges uruguay winning the olympic uh, gold medal okay. in france he's like none of your people come from uruguay this is just a sham you need a real international federation yeah yeah and he sets up the World Cup and starts that. And then they jump forward again to uh, Jao Havlange, the, the Brazilian, who's like, I'm significantly better than that last president. Look mm-hmm. at me. I'm going to make it an international game. And I, I, I think that racists are bad. And, of course, black people can play football. And, you know, we have mm-hmm. to make this international. And as he gets older, there's Who all this. Who's Sam Neill? That was Sam Neill, Jorge Havlange. Joao Havelange. I'm not sure how to pronounce the the first name because they always just call him Mr. Havelange in the movie. And does Sam Neill have any like uh, Brazilian background in him? No. Weird choice. <laughs> <laughs> Strange choice. J O A O is his first name. Yao. Joao. Joao. I don't think you've probably hit, you don't hit the G J in like Portuguese. I don't think. Um, but anyway, it's weird choice. Then, like, so does he, he do brown face? No. Because it's just like it's like assumed brown face you're like yes you are no no the the uh avalanche is is pretty white in real life but he's not actually white though well he's from brazil but he's not he's not brown like he's Hmm. he's he's a white dude like okay yeah i mean brazil is very multicultural that's true i guess that's that's fine and then Going through the 70s, he's always like, we need money. we got to bring in money. This guy is the guy who can find money. And then mm-hmm. Tim Roth is paying Sepp Blatter. Who is Sam Robbins and Tim Roth. It's, or Sam Neill and Tim Roth. It's so, the cast is so stupid. And Gerard Depardieu. And like, it's it's, so everyone is, is, is good in it. It's just... But I think, is the acting good? Like... Oh, God. The acting is I think I evident heard of... that they are getting fucked over by the director. Because... These guys are coming in and they're putting in the work, but the director has decided to make this whole movie look like a Canadian Heritage Minute. Mm. So everything is kind of shiny and glowy, and everything looks soft focused in the trailer. Like yeah. I didn't even like, and that 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 like 
maintains. Yep. <laughs> and in, until the 70s, and then they kind of go grainy. Okay. You know, like it's like it's a a, a movie set in the 70s. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like a like Basically a period piece, so everything kind of looks a little browner. <laughs> Everything looks a little browner, a little grainier. It looks mm-hmm. like it would be have actually been filmed in the 70s. Like put a filter on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so shitty. And all of the scenes are cut short very quickly. Anytime there's like some dramatic moment or a pause, like Tim Roth is talking to the guy from Adidas and they're working out a contract. It's like, I think we can work out a contract. Cut. Like there's no time for any actor to like breathe on the screen. They just mm-hmm. want to tell and the facts. It still has an absurd about- runtime, right? Like it's like... It was about two hours, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, oh god, this. So you have is... like, so you have poor direction, not great acting, weird soft focus, shitty uh, film filter, consistent lies. And then I was like, and then so it was like, so you have like a poorly pieced together film, is what you're saying. And then, like, have you watched the uh, the Screen Rant YouTube series uh, pitch meeting? No, I'll have to I'll have to show you one of them. Also, you. Listener, you can you can go check out Pitch Meeting. It's very funny. But one of the ones that they do is, is Bohemian Rhapsody, where he's like, imagine this. And he's like, Freddie Mercury, blah, 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 blah. And they, like, the, the, the producer's like, okay, I like it. And he's just sort of like, good thing I made it up. <laughs> and, oh. appa- and United Passions is just all of that. Yeah, right? and there's, there's so much. There's a, there's a character in the movie that is played by different actors, but he is exposition dialogue, Mr. One. Mm-hmm. He shows up in every other scene to recap what's up to like explain who these people are because no one fucking cares in the world except for those people, those people who work at FIFA. Yeah. And they're either, they're either still alive or who is that? That was Jules Rimet. He's the one who runs some no name soccer federation. Like, yeah, dude, like you, you suck. And that, that happened constantly. It was the only thing that was missing was that Canadian voiceover Heritage Minute guy who yeah. showed up at the end of every scene just being like, she would go on to be the first doctor in Canada. It was that close. Yeah, you were saying there should be a narrator almost. I really... I'm sure there's an edit out there where there was, and they're just like... It's too much. No, it's too so much. How, like, so tell me, do you have, did you note some of the blatant lies? Did you, do you have any? Sepp Blatter is presented in the movie as being completely clean of any form of embezzlement, of mismanagement of funds, <laughs> of he he comes in, he's like, having been secretary general for seventeen years and then becoming the president, they're just like, Well, this company is corrupt and there's a reporter who's hounding him a little bit and he's like, No, I knew nothing of this. He was the guy who was in charge of yeah, sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. I knew nothing of this, I never heard about this, and I will be damned if this kicks me out of the, the presidency. And then he meets with the previous president, the guy who put him in the job, mm-hmm. who then says, you basically have to blackmail all of the, the voters. And he's like, yes, I will, because that's the best thing for football. And, so he's like, and he I didn't know anything and, about it, but I will blackmail all the voters and to he retain goes into the, the vote And it uh, like blackmails and like bullies everyone, retains the presidency. And he's like, and it's like a victory is, on film. This is some great victory for the transparency of FIFA. It's so <laughs> fucking insane. It's awful. Uh... In a two-hour movie about a football association taking over the world, there is maybe five minutes of so- soccer in the whole movie. It's spliced together so shittily. And we were talking about this before we press record. Like, soccer looks great. 
like in yeah. HD. Like it looks so good. Like whenever you like, uh, like if you watch World Cup or Euro Cup or whatever, whenever there's like the time between the whistles, like uh, like like an out of bounds play or whatever, yep. like they cut to these like amazing HD shots of like the reactions of the players and the play. Like and this, this is a movie that was funded by FIFA, so it's all- not like they couldn't get the footage. Or or just like you know what leave like if you need to have actors or for some reason because you can't use it, just keep like you can CG in the crowd and just keep the cameras rolling in the stadium for like another half hour and you'll get some sick soccer footage. They yeah. own all that. They own all of it. Yep. They can be like, okay, the crowds will go home. Like what they did, like what WWE did when they filmed the Page movie. Yeah, they would like film the Page movie matches as like dark matches and just tell the crowd to stay hype. I'm not saying you necessarily could get a FIFA crowd to like stick around the way you could to a WWE crowd, but you have all those cameras all set up there. Have a couple actors or whatever play some freaking football, and then you'll have amazing shots. Yeah, no, it was all trash. And they also spliced in the actors shittily into historic moments. Mm. So like Tim Roth as a young, old version of Seth Blatter, like handing... The, the trophy to Nelson Mandela when the South African games are yeah. announced. Like, you didn't, you don't need to do that. It, it looks terrible. Yeah. I really want to talk to Tim Roth about this. <laughs> oh, man. I I would love to talk to those guys. I, there is like, no what? way they knew what they were doing. There was, the, watching that movie, there is no way that they realized when they were on set that what was... the finished product was going to be. Yeah, yeah. That it was going to be cut together to be that much of a flat piece. Well, because Departeau did that, immediately followed it with that weird takedown piece, right? Yeah. Where like he did a not not a FIFA, but of like a like a corrupt uh, like a corrupt French media mogul or whatever. Yeah. And like and apparently, sad sad John's not here, or whatever, because he actually saw it. But apparently, it skews like the other way. They were like where everyone is like, yeah, this guy was a piece of shit, but this movie is just like. And then he raped and murdered a dog. Like it's like the movie. Like apparently, like it skews yeah. so far into the like. Let us like yes, this guy is evil and awful. But apparently, it skews so far into just like pasting him that like, like it becomes absurd. So like I think Depardieu was just sort of like ew, gross. Like when he made a FIFA movie, I want to just take down someone evil. <laughs> yeah. just, and then just like leans into it so hard. It's it's this weird, messy. And also sounds boring. Which is like the worst. Horribly boring. Because there's no drama. Everything that FIFA does is 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 right, is on the the, the, the side of the angels and succeeds amazingly. So weird. Uh it's so trash. Guess, so yeah, how do we rank it? Would you watch this movie or Bucky Larson? I would watch this movie. Bucky Larson is a goddamn okay. crime. Because I was even though we have not updated the website yet, uh, Bucky Larson is is in contention to be the worst movie of all time. So that, that I guess that was my first point of Point of comparison. Um, yeah, this movie is going to go. I don't even need to go too far. It's going to go uh, underneath London Has Fallen and above Xanadu near the bottom of the list. Above Xanadu. Above Xanadu. That's still above that Jason Bourne movie. <laughs> yeah, but that Jason Bourne movie made promises it couldn't keep. I feel that Xanadu, like, we need to, we're going to need to do another list special, possibly for the... Uh, for Xanadu? No, but, like, just for a couple. Like, I feel that, like, you and I might need to watch Xanadu. Like, it's so low, and I feel that it's fun and silly. Like, it needs a fun and silly boot, like, bump. You know what? I'm like, like, what's above it is pure awfulness. The mechanic also seems too low. 
Mechanic might deserve to be loot. I think we should all like pick a movie or two to see like or we need to rewatch them and relink them. Like like Xanadu being ranked that low is purely uh like John doesn't like music. Because dense. John is the only one who watched it. And I I get it. <laughs> that is why we selected it. I mean, it we was, chose the movie that and it was the to least punish enjoyable. Him. But, like, it's, I don't think it's that low. I feel that the roller skating is cool, and I'm sure that, like, I think it needs a bump. Uh, anyways, that's where I'm putting United Passions. It is a trash movie. Above with, Xanadu or below? Uh, above Xanadu, Under London Has Fallen. I would almost, above Xanadu. But you're, so hang on. Without having seen Xanadu and other than clips. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to argue that it should be below Xanadu because Xanadu at least delivered on showing us some cool roller skating. Yeah, but it also misused Gene Kelly. Uh, I suppose. When Gene you Kelly have or Fred Astaire? Fred Astaire? I don't know. One of them. Anyways, he's, he's old. Anyway. When, when you have a, a, a classical Hollywood dancer and you don't let him dance a bunch when he was still obviously capable of it, <laughs> yeah. you're going to lose. I suppose. But then this movie misused Tim Roth, Sam Neill, and Gerard Depardieu. Oh, my God. I can't. I I really want to see some behind-the-scenes footage of this I'm movie. I'm sure it's all buried. Like, I'm sure it's just it's completely... They got, like, the only people who watch this movie are members of FIFA. Like, you probably need to oh. watch it, like, to get... It, it, it seems like if you go visit the FIFA offices and you get the tour... It'd be playing in the... Theme. It would be playing... Like, like, if you went to, like, the, the FIFA Hall of Fame or whatever... There'd be a little room where you could sit down and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Like like, like that 10-minute awful corporate Coca-Cola movie yeah, when you go yeah, there. Yeah. Like like that. Except two hours. But two hours. <laughs> so awful. <sighs> <sighs> so anyway, whatever. Scott and I watched two good movies, and Scott watched a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> 90 Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.